back to another wonderful episode of the Georgia National Guard Fence Post Podcast. Today, I'll be your host, Private First Class Chastity Williams. We'll be discussing innovations made within the Georgia National Guard, as well as the Innovation Award. Today, we have our nominees. I'm, I'm Mr. Shannon. I'm, um, I did 28 years in the Army, and then uh, I fooled them and I came back as a civilian. I'm still having fun, and that's why, that's why we do it. Try to make a difference. That's what it comes down to. And this is a good friend of mine, Colonel Roger Brooks. Can't believe it, an Army and an Air guy getting along. This is crazy. Yeah. So thanks for having us on here, Chassie. Um, and so I'm the Director of Mission Support here for the Georgia Air National Guard. Been in 32 years. Most of that career has been in the Air National Guard. And I'm happy to be here. Thanks. We're excited to have you here today. What was the innovation that you and your team came up with or knew that the National Guard needed? Um, what happened was NGB gave us a very short mission. They said, we are pushing innovation. And so uh, I, I turned to my friend, uh, Colonel Brooks, and I said, look, here we go, because we talk about innovation on a regular basis. And uh, he's, he's really deep into the Air Force side and the Joint side, which is fantastic. And the only way we're going to win is we win together anyway. So I went to him, and he goes, look, I've already got him one. This is one that's like it's dead on the mission. And it was a, he called it a disaster dog. And he, he told me about us. oh, my gosh, this is fantastic. What is the disaster dog program? Can you tell us a little bit about that? There were over 2,000 earthquakes this year. The, in Turkey alone, there were 69,000 killed in one earthquake all by itself. Uh, a disaster dog on the site would be able to immediately tune in on uh, the people that were, you can't find them. You, don't, you were telling me about that one aircraft that, Nobody could see the body. But yeah, the so we had an unfortunate situation um, a few years ago that they our military dogs didn't work that, but it was in Savannah. Civilian civilian folks came in and brought and were to find what you needed to find. That's what what it took. Um, I think the most recent example um, is the latest hurricane in, in Florida. Um, we sent our fatality search and recovery team down there, and I, I may get the number wrong, but I think they handled somewhere around 133 situations. Um, those situations probably could have been expedited using this program. So that's one literally specific example that you could use, pick a place in the United States. You know, at first he... First thing he said was, finding live people, the probability is smaller. But every person you find alive was one more. And that, that counts. It, we went to the Army and Air and the Joint Staff, um, collectively put our heads together. Um, there were some other good ideas. The group collectively chose the thing I already had kind of on paper, which was a disaster dog. Um, and that's, I'd already I'd done some research. We'd already tried this in my previous one as commander of the 116th Security Forces Squadron. Um, there was already a mature thing there. Ironically, we'd already done another YouTube video and podcast, which was part of the part of the requirements here. So it kind of helped in that re regard. But the program um, would be awesome for the Guard to take on. Um, there's some precedence for it. The, the 123rd Air Wing actually has a dog. Um, they used a couple programs to pay for it. Um, a lot of the, the Air Force put money in the form of innovation funds at each wing. And so they chose a route to do kind of a live search and rescue dog. 
The difference in this one would be that um, you may not necessarily be looking for live live folks. Um, the, when you go down the, the calculus or the math to get to to finding, if you're gonna find actual live humans, the, the likelihood is probably much more rare. Um, but I have a, a kind of a vision, and we talked about his vision of maybe putting one within the Suburban Enterprise, maybe attached all to HERFs throughout the 54, and then and then you could grow the program from there. And and the HERFs, uh, Homeland's Response Force, right? And so what it really does is it's how each one of the adjutants general can react in in a um, in a situation as also the National Guard Bureau and the Army and the Air whenever there's a a serious mission those those people are they're activated and put on on mission real quick to take care of things so with the disaster dog live and dead people the intent is we get that get the handler get the dog down to the scene is it scalable absolutely what we've asked for is a test unit of 10 that's what we'd like to do across the nation uh, like, like Roger said, he's already proven it. It's already something that works. But if we can get it there, as soon as we start talking to people about this, they're like, why haven't we already done this? Oh, my gosh. And it's not just for the Army, not just for the air, right? Yeah, you could, so it, it could be agnostic. It doesn't matter which unit we put it in. Actually, so there's a huge civilian. So a lot of people probably ask, well, civilians do that. Um, and actually, there's a, there's a kid within the – the 116th right now that that's kind of his hobby so that was the route we were going is using that his hobby and, and turning it into an actual program um but civilians are already providing this service to some level um what i found i used to run exercises for the national guard bureau patriot was one of them um we'd actually invite civilians to come to that exercise and they bring there were a lot of cadaver folks live bomb dogs drug dogs there was a whole thing um they're not all created equally um can't be each state has their own kind of vetting program um i would argue that the so fema has actually their program as well i would argue that some of the states are probably better than the fema's qualifications but georgia actually has a pretty ma somewhat pr mature program and they put people through the the ringer um, through GEMA. What processes are being put into place to ensure the readiness of the program as well as the proper training of the dogs? Yeah, I got Well, bear in mind this is an innovation. And so we're talking about crossing boundaries. We're talking about doing a proof of concept. He's already tested it with one at one iteration. Okay, but we're talking about taking that information and building upon it. So we have a baseline of information, but we have to take that baseline and we have to look at all the logistics that actually will pop up. That's why it's a proof of concept. You know, as you go through it, and you, you go through that year, you go, oh, well, we should do this. Oh, well, we need to make sure the, the logistics, this, this type of crate, this kind of whatever it is, or this training area needs to be secured and these these different types of, uh, like, well, so I can, the go ahead. So I can help him. Um, the, there's a, um, we've written an entire tr training plan, if you will. Um, there's a ton of tasks. It's no different than if you're, you know, a TAGP, security force. If you're public affairs, you probably got a training plan to get you squared away. Um, so the dog itself and the handler has these tasks to complete. 
Um, there's a lot of, there's some equipment that needs to be maintained, right? So how do you transport them? Where do they stay? Where does the dog stay? Uh, we've modeled ours after a take-home program, which was the, the 123rd does the same thing. So the handler at the 123rd takes the dog's name's Callie. He, he takes it home, lives at the house. Um, the veterinarian, how's that, what happens there? Um, so Fort Stewart actually has vets. They actually service the 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 canine program at Robbins Air Force Base. Um, so those dogs are for bombs, drugs, you know, a little more hostile, if you will. But so that we've taken in consideration that all of that, and it's we've laid it out in this plan. Um, I've written to this data an entire operating instruction for at the squadron level that outlines all this. But yeah, they will. It'll have. It'll follow probably if it was in Georgia. It will follow GEMA's guidelines on what makes them squared away. It'll go through a certification process through GEMA, and then eventually FEMA. Do you face any challenges in pushing the program and getting others involved? So everybody wants to be, can or I said dog, right? Everybody loves dogs. Um, sometimes more than other humans. Um, <laughs> so on the face, yes, everyone thinks it's a, a good thing. There are some obstacles for sure. Um, programmatically, there, there's some kingdoms where people don't want want to be step into that. But I, so I would argue that. Um, the Air Force specifically is going through this renaissance. We talked about earlier this renaissance of um, of innovation. Maybe I'd call it the well, former chief of staff of the Air Force. Now he's the chief of the Joint Staff here at CQ Brown. Coined a phrase called "accelerate change," and I put a comma behind it and say "or lose." Um, so basically, it's a mindset, right? To get to change everything. Where you go? How do we change our doctrine? How do we change organizationally? How do we change policy? to to get after essentially the china situation or the indo-paycom fight um so a couple other terms the air force has adopted is agile combat employment um it seems intuitive um the the marines have probably been doing this long before we have um and i feel like the next term multi-capable airmen is a is another term coined that will essentially the, the way Marines look at everyone's a rifleman, right? Everyone's a no matter if you're a pilot or whatever, same concept. Um, and that's that's kind of the renaissance. And I think so you can apply that to everything. So we apply that to here, to this disaster dog thing. He's already been, he's actually pretty uh, humble about all this. He's already been deeply involved <laughs> in a lot of innovations. Like for instance, the, what was the name of that mission up in Michigan you did? where you had the A-10 on the ground, you landed it on a highway to test the, the capability of it, you had that capable airman on the ground and the, the uh, subject matter experts were in the back. What was that called? So Northern Strike is an exercise that I kind of chaperoned when I worked for, for the National Guard Bureau. They, um, they tested landing A-10s on a highway right outside the base. Um, since then, Wyoming's landed some C-130s out west. Um, Saw the other day that um, Norway actually landed F-35s on some roads up in Iceland. That's so the whole agile combat piece and innovate the way you're going to to work. That's you're going to island hop from place to place theoretically, like we did in World War II. Um, so landing your airplanes in places that's a that's going to be austere places. That's going to be a thing. Okay, you may not have them. 
You may not have all the experts on site, mm -hmm. but they have a video link to the people in the back, and so they're walking around, they can do the inspections and receive guidance. Yes, you did that right. Because when you go into an aircraft, they are so sensitive, they are so valuable. It has to be done precisely. There, there's, no, there's no slack, there's no room for error. Well, and he's linked in so many other organizations on doing these things. Airworks, uh, all these. Yeah, so, um, so back to the dog thing and bringing up AFWorks. Um, that's, so the 123rd used AFWorks and innovation funds to actually get their program off the ground. Um, so you, anybody in the, in, the, in the Georgia Air National Guard or in the Air Force could actually come up with an idea, um, throw a white paper together, work it through your chain. Um, primarily at the squadron level, a squadron commander can actually endorse these things and engage with AFWorks to actually present an idea and theoretically get it pre presented. There's a couple other avenues to do that. So before the interview, we discussed technological advances as well as readiness. Can you touch on that a little bit more for us? There are so many things that we need to do, so many tools we have got to use to be able to get inside the enemy's uh, time, time frame. To be able to defeat the enemy, we need to be able to be there before they are. And so that means our administrative tasks and all the things that will support people in the field. I mean, there are so many different things that move just to get someone in the air or on the ground. So anything we can do to make it faster for them, that's what, that's what it's all about. We have, we have robotics process automation, we have uh, Microsoft, a bunch of tool sets in the, in the uh, 365 now, Force Power Automate, Power Apps, and we're trying to grab all these things and uh, find the people that are willing to do it. You know, there's actually a lot of people out there that are like, man, let's go with that. How can those of us who are a bit reluctant to accept the idea of change be involved and feel comfortable accepting the new innovations? Anything we can do, what we're talking about is a force multiplier. It makes it possible for a soldier, a airman, to be able to do more. Mm -hmm. it, doesn't re it doesn't eliminate them, it makes them more powerful. And that's what it really boils down to. So I think this is all just got such a positive bent to it. But we have controls in place. We have people like Colonel Brooks to make sure that there's that human element in there to inject the wisdom and the, the right amount of knowledge. And if he doesn't know what it is, he has people he goes to to get that. Just let's have a discussion about it. Let's create an right. environment or foster an environment right. that, that allows people to freely talk about a thing. Teach them how to write it. Teach them how to actually put it down on paper. Um, I don't know. That's that's a long way to get to that answer, but. <laughs> but he's right. Um, one of the things that makes American military so powerful is its belief in its people, and we have got to continue to foster. We have to amplify that because um, I, I remember uh, Lieutenant Brooks that stood up to a, um, a major and said, no, we're not doing that because it's not the right thing to do. And he was just like in shock. Well, what's this lieutenant telling me this for? Because he was actually the man who knew what he was talking about. So that's a part of the, the culture of the community. I came in, um, like at the time, lives are at stake. So yeah. the decisions you make. Um, 
And that's somewhat the, the Air Force has that culture, right? If I if a senior airman sees a problem with our airplane rolling down the down the taxiway before it takes off, that pilot's going to want you to stop them. If in in you question, can't park on a cloud. Yeah. So I, I don't know that that mindset's kind of where. And it has to be fostered. It you're right. It's command climate, and it takes that mindset, and that's what we're pushing. That's what innovation is: is a mindset. And it's to get us forward and get us beyond. Get out of the rut. What do you see that needs to be fixed? What have you looked at? What have you seen? If we just did one of my, I call it the angry American theory. You know, if somebody would just listen to me, I see this and this is something we can fix quickly. Are they always right? No, they're not always right. Yeah. But they're but they're invested. That's fantastic. Thank you again for joining us for this wonderful episode. We look forward to seeing what you and your team come up with for your next innovation. And we look forward to seeing this Disaster Dog program in action. And thank you viewers and listeners for tuning in to this episode of the Georgia National Guard Fist Post Podcast. If you like this episode or interested in seeing the other episode featuring the cadaver dogs, feel free to click the link and check it out. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe. 